BYU's first ever Big 12 game is in the books, and they fall to the Kansas Jayhawks, 38-27, to an 11-point loss for the Cougars. We're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly in this postcast edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing well out there, wherever you might be, whether it's late Saturday night when I'm posting this, early Sunday morning, or really any other time. Uh, thank you for checking out the show. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And this is a postcast edition as BYU opens up Big 12 play with a 38-27 to loss to the Kansas Jayhawks. Had a great time in Lawrence, Kansas. I'll say that right off the top. Really enjoyed the town. Gave me some really uh, vibes close to what I experienced when I went to Madison, Wisconsin uh, to watch BYU and uh, the Wisconsin Badgers face off but uh really enjoyed the town obviously the fans that i interacted with were very hospitable but a tough loss for byu all the same so uh, we're going to talk about all that ahead on today's shows you like to do here on the postcast I, i'm fond of saying we like to do the good the bad and then your comments on uh, from twitter and social media alike so we'll get to all that ahead on today's show so let's start off with the good news for byu their passing attack is very very good. Keaton Slovis had to pass it 51 times in today's game. Goes over 350 yards. Really impressive numbers for him, all things considered, it felt like in this. I'm just pulling this up real quick. I closed the wrong tab there, so it's always a good thing to uh, close out of that when you need it. But uh, I thought it was a really, really nice passing game for BYU. That's the thing about this. Their, their passing game. It's elite, folks. They got good wide receivers. They got a phenomenal tight end in Isaac Rex. And they got a quarterback who can absolutely wing it and throw it down the field. Yeah, 30 of 51, 357 yards, two touchdowns, the two interceptions. One of them a pick six, the other one uh, kind of an arm punt. Uh, both of them uh, not necessarily ideal, but one is worse than the other. And we'll talk about the interceptions here in a moment uh, for BYU, but really, really impressed with the passing game. That's actually going to keep BYU in a lot of these games and give them an opportunity to win games, even as uh, one side as it is because we'll talk we'll talk about this in a minute 22 attempts rushing for just nine total yards now uh sack yardage and like is taken out of rushing yardage in the college game it's taken out of passing yardage in the nfl so uh, keaton slovis who's in 24 yards obviously uh gonna be taking a bite out of that so byu averaging uh, 0.4 yards per rush but uh the bigger point is darius lassiter his homecoming a guy who played high school football right here in Lawrence, Kansas. Really, really impressive stuff from him. He scores the first touchdown in Big 12 history for BYU. Ends up with eight receptions, 84 yards, and one touchdown. All highs for BYU in this game. Average of 10.5 yards per reception. He was targeted 11 times, so very impressive numbers of him. Isaac Rex targeted 13 times. Hauls in seven of them for 76 yards. I said it's really nice to have an elite tight end, and Isaac Rex is exactly that. He's a very 
very good tight end. Chase Roberts had the big pass today, the long pass, I should say. It was a 50-yard bomb from Keaton Slovis. He ends up hauling in five receptions for 89 yards. So a lot of good distribution when it comes to the passing game for BYU in this one. I'm very impressed with how they did that. That's going to give them an opportunity in games. If that passing attack continues to do what it's doing, it's going to be awesome to see that. Now on defense, uh, BYU ends up with four tackles for loss, just the one sack. So they're up to five sacks, if I'm not mistaken, through four games of this season. So uh, not necessarily the greatest number. The, the issue is BYU through three games coming into this one have been pretty good about getting QB hits. Zero quarterback hits in this game. They had, I believe it was 13 or 14 in the first two games alone. Had a couple more against Arkansas, but zero today. They were just unable to really get home and corral Jalen Daniels. He looked very, very good, but BYU's defense only gave up 24 points. You can win football games. We've heard from Bronco Mendenhall, the former BYU coach, that one of his pillars for success for the BYU football program was for his defense to hold opposing teams at 24 points. He said, if, they, if we keep them at 24 points or under, we're going to win a lot more than we lose. BYU's defense did their part in this game. There are self-inflicted wounds for BYU in this game that were not good enough. Now, let's also say for this is that uh, BYU's defense ends up uh, with Ben Bywater leading away with 10 total tackles, nine of them solo. He had the one sack on the day, the lone sack of the day, ended up with one and a half tackles for loss as well as a pass breakup. Ben Bywater is lights out. Unfortunately, he came up with an injury late in this game. Do not know the status of that injury. We'll hopefully learn more on Monday and the week ahead as BYU gets ready for a short week against Cincinnati on late Friday night. But really impressed by Ben Bywater. AJ Vong Pachon, seven tackles on the day. And then Tanner Wall from a safety position, six total tackles uh, to, to lead BYU's defensive backs on the day. But uh, obviously all for not as BYU falls to 0-1 in Big 12 play. They're now 3-1 and on the season. And let me also just say this for, on, in part of the good. We talked about this all summer long. That I thought 6-6 six and six was kind of the benchmark I had for BYU to, have, to be considered a success this season. When we were talked about this, BYU needed to get out of the month of September with a 3-2 and two overall record at minimum. Well, they are 3-1, and one, and the split, which we all thought was going to come, was a split of winning one of Arkansas or Kansas. They beat Arkansas. They lost to Kansas. Can you beat Cincinnati, get to 4-1 and one in the month of September, and getting out of the first month with a 4-1 and one record being just two wins away from bowl eligibility would be a phenomenal success. Cincinnati looks imminently beatable. I don't know how many of you watched or saw highlights from their win – uh, they're not other win. Their loss to Oklahoma, their offense is pretty putrid. They have not uh, done much in the last couple of games offensively. They're pretty good defense, speaking of the Cincinnati Bearcats, but their offense is not good enough. And BYU should be feeling pretty confident, I think, going into that game. But we'll discuss that uh, more as the week progresses here. All right, coming up next, we're going to flip over and talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU the bad, uh, the rushing attack turnovers. We're getting into all that here in just a moment. Real quick word on our friends over at UCCU, one of our local sponsors here on the podcast. Appreciate their patronage. What UCCU has right now is called their Learn and Earn program. What it is, is they've broken down financial topics into fun bite-sized games and trivia, quizzes, and the like to make us you guys can learn about finances and obviously the financial topics that are going to benefit you in your life. The best part is when you complete one of those topics, you earn points. Those can be redeemed, those points, speaking of them, redeemed for gift cards to many, many stores, Walmart, Nike, Sephora, uh, all kinds of different options out there. And the best part is everybody in the family can do this. You can track your progress on leaderboards, compete head-to-head with one another. And like I said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Simple as that. It's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app. Check it out now and play it anywhere, anytime, and collect those points and collect those gift cards. More importantly, it's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. All right, we just talked about the good for BYU. The bad, the rushing attack is broken. I do not know how to fix it, folks. I apologize. I wish I had something for you. Everything I've been trying to come up with, I just can't do it. Now, injuries hurt BYU on the offensive line. You lost both Kingsley Suamatia as well as Waylon Lapuaho in this game. So the left side of your offensive line for BYU went down in this contest. It was a be- there was a number of injuries for BYU uh, in this game that affected them, obviously. And we'll talk about the injuries here in a minute. But that offensive line, it needs like a full reboot, it feels like. I, I, I just wish I had an answer for how bad BYU's run game is. Nine yards. They got a car going off in the background. If you, I don't know if my mic picked that up, but nonetheless, uh, nine yards, 0.4 yards per carry. That's not good enough. LJ Martin looks the part of a future star running back for BYU, but you've got to be able to get him some holes to be able to run the football. He ends up with 11 carries for 28 yards. He also did have a touchdown reception in this game for BYU on that screen pass. So Ends up with 38 total yards and a touchdown. Why is he not getting more touches? That's 12 touches in this game. He should be a guy who's probably getting 20 touches every game. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Deion Smith had four carries for 10 yards. I know BYU is playing from behind a lot in this game, but uh, just. It, they need to figure out something new with the rushing attack. I don't know what it is. Do they need to completely scrap what they're doing rushing attack-wise? I don't necessarily think you can do that at this point. They need to rep it harder. They just need to finally have a breakout game. I don't know what it's going to take, but it looks like right now BYU's passing game is going to have to carry the day for BYU offensively. I talked about in the lead-up to this game against Kansas, I feel like if they ran for 100 yards, they'd have a real good chance of winning this football game. When you didn't even rush for 10 yards net, obviously the sack yardage and like I tallied into that, just not good enough. Other thing, the offense, you cannot spot the opposing team 14 points with a fumble return uh, for six. Now, uh, spare me whatever, Parker Kingston, I thought it was just a very, very good and hard hit live sitting there in the press box in Lawrence, Kansas. I know when you slow it down, it looks like there was helmet-to-helmet contact. They didn't call targeting. It is what it is, folks. There were a number of missed calls, I felt like, from these officials in this game that really hurt BYU in this one. The pick six also uh, to Isaac Rex. He was getting dra- – he had a guy draped all over him. He's trying to hold in that pass. Gets tipped up, and they return it for, for, for a touchdown. But you cannot afford in these type of games to give an opposing team an easy 14 points. That will not win you football games. Losing the turnover margin, especially you will not win football games, especially on the road. You were minus three in the turnover margin. The two interceptions and the obviously the fumble, the scoop and score uh, early on – in this game it just it's not good enough you got to clean that stuff up if you want to win football games in the big 12 you want to football games period you have to win the turnover margin and you cannot like i said spot opposing teams touchdowns uh, kansas three turnovers 21 points they cashed in every single one of them with the maximum amount of points that they could obviously get off of those turnovers and look at the margin BYU loses by 11 they spotted them 14 points in terms of just touchdowns right immediately and then also that other interception was cashed in uh, for seven points of its own. So it's it just not good enough for BYU. Like I said, the rushing attack needs to completely be revisited. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe they need to go to maybe just more of a, a man blocking assignment. I like to run that zone uh, read type, not the zone read, the, but the wide zone running concept where it's more of like have a space thing. They may need to just uh, try something new on the offensive line. Then they shake up the positions there. I I, I think that they may want to move Connor Pay back to center, uh, maybe fit uh, Ian Fitzgerald. If Waylon Lapuaho is cleared next week, put the, him, them at the guards. Uh, try something new. At this point, what do you have to lose? 
on that offensive line. You got to try something different. Now, injuries mounting big time for BYU in this game. You had Ben Bywater go out. I already mentioned uh, Kingsley Suomati'ia, as well as Waylon Lapuaho. Cody Epps was a game-time decision, ultimately did not go. I think believe he's still dealing with that hamstring injury we talked about throughout training camp and caused him to miss the first two games of the year. He played very, very sparingly against Arkansas, and the hope is that he'll be able to full go at some point. Uh, just the, the injuries are just mounting for BYU here. You already had uh, Crew Wakely was cleared to play, but I never saw him suit up. You also already have Talon Alfrey and Micah Harper out. BYU's depth is going to be tested here, and today was not a good day on the injury front for BYU. I talked about also in the lead-up to this game how BYU was relatively healthy, all things considered, it coming into this. Not anymore. Injuries are there, and on a short week, it's going to be hard-pressed for a number of those guys, it feels like, to get back and be able to be cleared in time for the Cincinnati game. But uh, fingers crossed, some of them will be able to get back. Parker Kingston, by the way, when he got blown up on that play, he never returned to the game. I I assume it was a head injury, and they probably kept him out for precautionary reasons. Maybe he's got concussion-like symptoms. Obviously, he was one of the big stars against Arkansas, and losing him early on in this game didn't help BYU's chances all that much. So uh, really, really tough day across the board uh, for BYU when when it comes to the things that uh, kind of just hurt them in this game, but you got to bounce back. Cincinnati, like I said, looks like a beatable team, and that should get you to four and one coming out of the month of September. That would be a massive success, in my opinion. Now, every game has a kind of its own feel to it, etc. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Cougars handle this short week, obviously leading up to Cincinnati on Friday night. All right, uh, we will finish up this postcast edition of the show with your guys' comments coming up next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home, right upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. Uh, no matter what you're looking for, whether you want to live along the Wasatch Front or if you want to live down in Southern Utah, they have got many communities in both spots and be happy to take care of you guys. They got over 50 unique home designs to make sure that you guys uh, fit what you're looking for, whether it's a small starter or you're looking to big some extravagant uh, retire, the house you're going to retire in. They've got it all for you guys. The best part is they got quick moving homes also available now if you're ready to make the move right away and they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to find out what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. Utah's been coming home to Perry Utahns have been coming home to Perry Homes for over 50 years. Of course, a great sponsor right here on the Lockdown Cougars podcast. All right. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you all are doing well out there. All right. Let's share my screen here. Give me a second to pull this up here if I can uh, get it to work. Let's see. Uh, share screen. You know, I'm a professional. I can figure this out, right? All right. Share. Let's throw this up and sit. you guys can. There we go. All right. Got it. I'm going to make it a little full screen. We'll scroll through some of these comments. You guys responded in mass, by the way, uh, to this. I said, all right, it's time for your takeaways from BYU's 38-27 loss to Kansas in the in for Jacob C. Hatch's postcast later tonight. And here we go. Cougar Nation, Steve Cook 360. Hats off to Kansas for a well-coached game. Daniels is for real. That's correct. Jalen Daniels is lights out, folks. Way to go, Cougs. for hanging in there, not giving up. Looking forward to welcoming Cincinnati to Provo. Should be a fun one. Uh, Jason W. Kelly, when was the last time we had a competent run game without Tyler Algier? Well, uh, you have 
Jamal Williams before him and Chris Brooks last year got pretty good as the season went along there. The hope is that BYU will figure out the running attack at some point. Uh, scrolling along here, a uh, Goku's a DFW underscore Cougar. Kansas set the tone with that very first hit, scoop and score. They were the more physical team and the more physical team usually wins. Turnovers and the inability to run the ball really hurt. Slovis is really good considering zero run game. The biggest takeaway, the run game has two thumbs down. I've got some, some very, very good points there. Uh, Jimmy Dove says this. Cougar Jimmy says, wild undisciplined six of 14 on third down uh i don't think it's a bad thing folks nearly 50 percent on third down conversions actually have you among the nation's elite so third down is not the problem here for beauty paltry rushing attack yeah that's not good enough nine rushing yards silly st- uh, stupid easily avoidable mistakes drop passes bad routes however the boa defense holds KU's offense to 24 points which without the screw-ups is good enough byu beat the hell out of byu today they did. They they shot themselves in the foot. There's absolutely no doubt about that. All right, scrolling along here. Let's see. Apacha, Sapporo Mochan says, uh, we didn't see the potential of the team in the first half. Injuries exposed a still big lack of depth. I'm not sure necessarily that the lack of depth has been glaring quite yet. We'll see. The The defense did have its struggles in the second half. They got wildly uh, outmaneuvered in the second half. We'll see. Uh, right tackle, rattling eyes emoji. Coaching issues with poor organization, wasted timeouts, and Rex covered for the fourth time. Okay, those are not good enough. You're right. They did uh, obviously uh, decline the the being uh, the illegal touching for Rex because of the the chop block, as they called it, illegal block below the waist. And I have to go back and watch. I'll watch that in my film review and see if I can figure out what's going on. But Kalani Satake said a post game. I was sitting there right there as he said. He said we check with this with the referees on the sideline every single play and. For the referee, if that's the case, you've got to just be very, very clear with them at this point. And say, I am off the line. you got to clear that as a wide receiver to make sure they're off the line. All right, I'm um, rolling on here. Casey Finlinson, I truly feel the offensive lines, every offensive line job is up for the grabs this week. I'm not sure how this can be. This line can be so bad at run blocking. Jake, is it scheme? It can't be talent, right? Casey, I said it already. I just don't have a good answer for you. I wish I did. I truly wish I did. Maybe I'll see something when I watch this uh, film again, uh, obviously ahead of our Monday edition of the podcast, but it just, it, it's just tough uh, to really come up with something good. Uh, Let's see. uh, Wu Koog says, considering that KU scored two touchdowns defensively, uh, well done KU defense. This wasn't a horrific loss. My only concern is the BYU run game. Got to get it going pronto. I agree. You got to get it going. Uh, Brian, they're showing this, the blatantly missed targeting call with the score and score and then this play with the pick six obviously yeah you can see the guy completely uh, arms wrapped around Isaac Rex no wonder it got tipped up in the uh, up in the air um, other ones here let's see here um, Andrew Streeter you simply cannot spot a good team 14 points on their home field and expect to win final margin is 11 point you have to protect the football you're right you lose the turnover margin there's a very strong correlation when it comes uh, to turnover margin and winning and losing football games it's just you win the turnover margin 90, I don't even know what the percentage is. I'd say it's like 95% you're going to win the football game. And you you typically win it. And BYU lost it. And they lost the game as a result. Isaac Halasima here. The defense did enough to win. I agree with them. I agree with that. I feel for them. Serious O-line things to resolve, but a good game entertainment-wise, though. It was back and forth. It was fun that way. And obviously, it had a lot going on here. Um, let's see. Justin Park. Offense is responsible. Turnovers. Defense played well enough. So people are letting defense off the hook here. It's interesting. But the offense needs to fix things out. Uh, David Seymour, Keaton Slovis is not a good scrambling rollout or running QB. That's not surprising. He's not, that's not his job. This makes him more prone to make poor throws, throwing decisions, which make, which result in interceptions. That pick six, 
it's not on Keaton Slovis, in my opinion. I think it was it was a badly missed call. Should have been called by the referees for defensive holding, if not pass interference. And it gets tipped up in the air. When tip drills happen, it's tough, obviously. But Keaton Slovis balled out, David. I I I don't mean to call you out individually, but Keaton Slovis did his part in this game. It felt like you gotta you gotta. I I don't. This is not being laid at the feet of Keaton Slovis, in my opinion. Uh, Alex Long, a good friend of mine. Uh, Kansas made halftime adjustments, and the running game opened up. BYU looked lost after the half. I'll tell you this, uh, watching Jay Hill walk off the field, he looked demoralized. Obviously, whatever they adjusted at halftime for BYU defensively did not work. You could tell it just it, it, it was grinding his gears. He was not happy about it. So uh, I, I'm expecting he will be better as a defensive play caller. But you got to give a tip of the cap to Kansas. They came out were very physical in that second half, started gashing BYU, as like you mentioned, especially in the run game. It was very, very good. Uh, Big Uncle Pooh, injuries now a concern on defense hanging in the Cincinnati game. By Bywater and Heckard are much needed pieces. I would agree. I must have missed Eddie Hecker getting dinged up in that game. I did head down to the field uh, late in the game, obviously, as the media core. So I just, uh, I may have missed Hecker getting injured. I'll be rewatching this game and I'll be trying to figure out what else is going on. And anything I hear, I'll be happy to pass along to you guys. So I, I think a lot of these comments are really uh, just more of the same. Three turnovers, run game or no run game, uh, that is, uh, and Probert. So yeah, a lot of these comments about the same thing. So You've got to clean things up if you're BYU. Absolutely. There's there's no doubt that you got to figure something out here. And BYU's got to be better, folks. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, looking forward to getting ready for Cincinnati this week. The first Big 12 home game on Friday night out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's all eyes now ahead to the Cincinnati Bearcats and hopefully rebounding from this loss to Kansas and obviously getting back into the wind column when you take on the, the Bearcats uh, at LES on Friday night. So a tough loss, but have had a great time out here in Lawrence, and I, I've got to say this also. Let me just say this before you, I, I sign off here. You guys are the reason I'm out here. I've talked about the fact that I paid my own way to go to Big 12 Media Day. I also paid my way to come out here to Lawrence, Kansas. It's because of your guys' patronage I'm able to do that. So thank you for your support of the podcast. Thank you for watching it on YouTube. Thank you for downloading it on wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a myriad of other podcasts. Money going into my pocket allow me to do stuff like this. So thank you for the support. Thank you for letting me live my dream and come out here and cover BYU and have a great time doing it. Obviously, uh, we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the season. I think a number of you have already mentioned that I'm having my third kid uh, coming up here in October. So I will not be traveling uh, for the next little bit. We'll see if I can maybe get out and make another trip during bowl season or something like that. But nonetheless, a big thank you for all of your support. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. As always, thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. The tens of you I had an opportunity to meet at different points on this trip. It's been an absolute pleasure. It just it stuns me when you guys look up and say, Jake, what's up? It, it it's stunning to me. So thank you. Truthfully, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the support. And of course, thank you for tuning in every single day and supporting us right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, Monday edition of the podcast coming at you guys uh, soon enough. Obviously, a film review looking back at what went wrong after a second viewing of the game. We'll talk about all that on a Monday edition of the podcast right here on Locked On Cougars. See ya.